Last week as we began our series, New Steps, in the book of Colossians, Pastor Mark gave some of the background of how Paul came to write this church. He had never been there, but he had sent Epaphroditus, his servant to them, who had taught them. And there were some issues that were going on in this congregation. And I want to focus in on those today so you can kind of get a flavor for what they were, because Paul's really addressing those things in this reading that you heard today. They were known as a heresy. Now, if you're not familiar with that term, a heresy is simply this, a belief or opinion contrary to orthodox religious doctrine. A belief or an opinion contrary to orthodox religious doctrine. Now, it wasn't that there was one big heresy and that was the thing that was really disturbing this group of people. What there were were a lot of little special interest groups that were bringing little things out that they were saying people needed to do. I want you to see some of these on the screen. First and foremost, it was, there was a group that was saying, well, Christ was not involved in creation. That was the work of the Father. Therefore, don't ascribe that. Don't give that glory to Christ, just to the Father. There was one that said, you need to have a special knowledge that comes to you. It's a spiritual knowledge. Not everybody can have this. You have to be really spiritually cool to get this. And if you have this, then you are really a more fulfilled person in Christ, not just your average worshiper in the pew. There was self-imposed humility and abstinence, that word that you heard in the scriptures, asceticism, meaning to do that, don't handle, don't touch, those words you heard also, so that you needed to do these things, abstain from things, stay away from things. It meant you were more spiritual. The worship of angels. Well, these are spiritual beings, obviously, so we should give glory and honor and worship to them along with Jesus Christ. There was an extreme fear of the demonic. We have to be really careful. These spiritual powers have real power, and they can pull us away from the faith, so we need to guard against them, or something can happen to us. And then there was that element of what was known as the Judaizers, those who said, in order to worship the Jewish Messiah, you have to be part of the covenant of Abraham first. You can't worship Jesus without that. So you need to be Gentile physically circumcised to be in that old covenant. Those were some of the things that they were struggling with. Some of the things that were coming alongside. And so that's why Paul's writing to them. To encourage them. That's why he uses these words that you can find again in your worship folder, in that letter to the Colossians, as we unpack some of those things. And he says this, Therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him. Paul's saying walk this way. Don't walk that way, the way that you're hearing people are telling you to walk. Walk this way, the way that you received Christ. That word received literally means as you were rightly taught. As you were instructed by Epaphroditus. Walk in that way. Being rooted and built up in him and established in the faith. Just as you were taught abounding with thanksgiving. Well, what had they been taught about Jesus Christ? What was it that Epaphroditus led them to know that he was sent on from Paul? Well, to know some of that, we have to back up to chapter 1 where there is a hymn, really a hymn it's called, 
about Jesus Christ that talks about who he is. And I want you to see some of those things and what it says about what they were taught. That Jesus Christ, he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rules or authorities. All things were created through him and for him, and he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. I want you to see some of those words that I've highlighted and underlined, because those are the phrases in Scripture, right here, in this Christological hymn, as it's called, that were drawn actually into the creeds. God of God, light of light, very God of very God, creator of visible and invisible, that by him all things were created. All those words that we confess come from some of these passages that we see in Scripture. And going on, Paul writes this as he goes along in that hymn. And he, Jesus Christ, is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead. That in everything he might be preeminent. You see, Paul's saying that Jesus Christ is the one who is over all things. He is the preeminent. There is nothing else equal to him. He alone receives the glory and honor and power. For in him, all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. And through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. This is what you were taught, Paul is saying to them. This is what Epaphras laid out to you. Walk in this teaching of Jesus Christ. Be rooted in that. Maybe Paul was thinking of the verse in Jeremiah 17 that says this about the righteous. They will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots into the stream. It does not fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. Be rooted in this Jesus Christ. For this is the only Christ there is. There is no other. This Christ is preeminent. This Christ is the one who receives the glory and honor. Don't pay attention to those other things. In fact, he says this. See to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit. According to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world, and not according to Christ. That word captive, see to it that no one takes you captive, is literally the word of kidnapping or abduction. See to it that no one pulls you away from who Jesus Christ is and what you've been taught. By philosophy, religions, extra teachings, whatever it is that have, are empty and deceitful. You see, what all those things we looked at really were, were what we might call add-ons to the faith. Nobody in any of those heresies was saying, deny Christ. Nobody was saying, forsake Christ. What they were literally saying was, there's Christ, and then there's this. It's Christ plus the worship of angels. It's Christ plus don't handle, don't taste, don't touch. It's Christ plus... These other things. Add those together, and then you are truly spiritual. Then you are truly filled. 
You know, it made me laugh this week when I was shopping because I saw something that caught my eye that made me really think of these add-ons. I was shopping for some dishwashing detergent. Cascade is what we use. We've used it for years, my whole life. And this is what I see on the shelf. You know, there's basic Cascade. It cleans your dishes and your dishwasher. But now there's 8 times the power, and 10 times the power, and 11 times the power, and 12 times the power, 15, 60. I'm standing there looking at the shelf. I'm going, this is it. What's wrong with the basic? It still does the same thing. Why do I need all these? I'm thinking, really, they need somebody to redo their marketing on this. <laughs> but that's it. There's Christ alone who has done all things. And they're saying, well, you need Christ times 8 and Christ times 10. You need all these add-ons to Christ in order that you can be truly spiritual. And Paul's saying, no. There is only the Christ that you have been taught. There is only, there is nothing else other than that Christ. How we need to hear that phrase again and again. See to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit. And it so makes me think, especially this time of year, as high school kids are graduating and getting ready to go off to college. I've known so many throughout the years, grounded in the faith of what they've been taught, who get into institutions of higher learning, and they get somebody who gets a hold of them and they say, you don't believe all this stuff about Jesus, all this spiritual stuff. Real, intelligent human beings don't subscribe to that. Here's, here's the proof. That's all a lie. None of it's real. Listen to me. You need to hear those words, Paul, again, see to it that no one takes you captive. No one grabs you and snatches you away with philosophies and empty deceit. They're not Christ. They're not the real thing. They're not the one who has redeemed you. You know, sometimes it's easy to spot some of those things when we hear things that are contrary to Scripture. But a lot of times, things are subtle. And we might think, well, what about this and what about that? There's an author and theologian by the name of Warren Wiersbe who puts forward kind of a test, a litmus test for us that says, use this just as some basic skill when you hear different things that make you pause and wonder, is this real? And he says these four things. Where does it put Jesus Christ, his person and his work? Does it move Jesus Christ off to the side? Does it say this and Jesus Christ? Does it say, well, we need to have this spiritual reform and you can't just do this? Does it take the glory away from Christ that is only His? Does it rob Him of His fullness? As you heard Paul said, in Him dwells all the fullness of God. Does it take any of that away to ascribe to different persons something that belongs to Jesus Christ? Does it deny either His deity or His humanity? Does it take away that He is God of God, light of light, very God of very God? Does it say, well, He's an important person, but He's not really God? Or does it say, born of the Virgin Mary, He became man? Does it take that away and say, well, He was a spiritual being? Or does it teach an experience required in addition to Christ? Does it say to you, Jesus Christ isn't enough. You need to have this spiritual experience along with Christ to know that you are truly saved. He said, if it's any of these things, it's wrong. 
And it's dangerous. Because it can take you down a pathway that will undermine who Christ is in your life and erode the strength that he has. Christ is Christ. And he alone is the one who has been connected to us. Given us his fullness. In fact, Paul says that. He says, for in him, the whole fullness of the deity dwells bodily. And you have been filled in him. Who is the head of all rule and authority. In him. You know, whenever you see that phrase, in Christ, in him. Time and time again, it's talking about our connection with Jesus Christ that we have been given. Remember, there's that group that said you can't be connected to Jesus Christ because you're not under the old covenant. Paul addresses that in verse 11. He says this, in him, there it is again, you also were circumcised with a circumcision made without hands by putting off the body of flesh, by the circumcision of Christ, having been buried with him in baptism. In which you were also raised with him through faith and the powerful working of God who raised him from the dead. They're saying you can't worship Jesus without being part of the old covenant. And Paul's saying the old covenant is over. The new covenant of baptism is what's come. It's better than the old covenant because we are all included in it. And in the waters of our baptism, we are filled not just with a little part of Christ, but that fullness of Christ who dwells within us. We are in his covenant, his covenant of grace, his covenant of forgiveness. And he has given us the forgiveness of sins. He says that Paul was that having forgiven us all our trespasses by canceling the record of death that stood against us with its legal demands. He's using wording that they would understand. We don't. In those days, legal documentation of deaths were kept on parchment. They had to be cared for very much because if any moisture got in there, it would wipe off the writing on the parchment. That's why Paul uses that because he goes on in the next sentence to say this. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. The scripture says the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us. The blood of Jesus Christ nailed on that cross, washed off the writing on that parchment. There is no record of our death. There is no record of our sin. It is gone forever and we are redeemed in Jesus Christ by his blood. Not only did he do that, but Paul says he disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them. What he's saying, you know, all these things that you're hearing, the worship of angels, the fear of demons, the spiritual realm, all this stuff, Jesus conquered all that by his death and resurrection. And he uses words that, again, they understand from the Romans, who when they would conquer an enemy, would strip them naked and parade them through the streets in humility to say, we conquered these people. He's saying that's what Jesus has done by his cross and resurrection to Satan, to the demons, to the powers and authorities in the spiritual realm. He conquered them. He paraded them in humility. He is over them. Do not fear them. Do not heed them. Do not listen to them. They have no power anymore. This reminds me of a story about a little girl who was allergic to bee stings. So much so they had to carry an EpiPen. But she also then would have to get to the hospital right away if something happened. One day the family was taking a trip. And as they were driving in the car, a window was cracked. And a bee came in. 
And the little girl was terrified, and she's cowering in the car, and she's screaming, and the dad pulled the car over. They're nowhere near a hospital. Everybody's pretty anxious in this moment. And he's trying to get the bee out, keep it away from her, get it out the window, but he can't. So finally, in exasperation, he takes his hand, and he puts it over the bee, and it stings him in his hand. And he opens his hand, and the bee's still moving, and the bee's still buzzing, and she's screaming, she's terrified, and he says, Honey, stop. All that bee can do is buzz. Look, look in my hand. Here's the stinger. It can't sting you ever again. Paul's saying that of Jesus Christ. That Jesus Christ on that cross took the sting of death. He shows us his hands, his feet, his side. He says all that Satan can do, all those demons can do, all those spiritual powers can do is buzz. They have no power anymore. They cannot sting. The sting of death is gone. I conquered it. I won. And that victory is yours because you are in me. Stuff of this earth that we fear, the stuff of life that would draw us away. It makes a lot of noise, but Jesus Christ is the conqueror. He is the one who has all authority and power and dominion, and nothing can take you out of his hand. That's why Paul can easily write in Acts, in him we live and move and have our being. Paul says, walk this way, people. Don't walk in those ways. Be aware of those ways. Be aware of what's out there. Be aware of other teachings. But walk in the way that you have been taught that's grounded in this Jesus Christ. For we know who this Christ is. It's the Christ of the scriptures. The Christ that is confessed in the creeds. The Christ that was confessed by the church throughout the ages about who Jesus is. Not a Christ that's come on the scene in the last couple hundred years. Not some new teaching about what he's done. Not some power that's revealed it or some angel that's given a new interpretation of scripture. Something new on the scene. The Christ that has always been. The Christ who died and is risen again. The Christ who is God of God, light of light, very God of very God. The Christ of freedom and forgiveness. The Christ who is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. That is the Christ. That we know that we have learned from. And that is the Christ. Who has redeemed us through the waters of baptism. You pray with me. Jesus may we ever confess your name. The name by which only men are saved. That you are the one who died and rose again. You are the victorious one. And in the waters of our baptism, you have placed your fullness in us. We know you. Keep us walking in this way. Help us always as we walk to test all those things against who you truly are in our lives and all you have done. They will be lacking and they will be pale. Because only you are the fullness that we need and that has redeemed us. May your name be confessed and held high always. Amen.